High Desert Word Center. How is everybody on Christmas Eve? Amen. What a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord together. Uh, I'm just so glad to see everybody. I was just talking to somebody. I can tell it's Christmas Eve because like five minutes ago the building was empty and then everybody poured in all at once. So good job putting Jesus first today on his birthday. Amen. The day before it. And uh, we're just going to celebrate today and nothing spectacular, nothing huge. We're just here to, to read the word of God together and worship Jesus. And then we know that probably everybody's got family plans and stuff like that. So it's going to be a sweet service today. Let's go ahead and stand up together this morning. We're going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And, uh, you know, we're going to, we've been doing this for two years now, and we're going to keep doing it, uh, believing that our nation is coming to Jesus. Amen. Let's go ahead and say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise today, yes. Well, we're going to take a few minutes here, just like always, to do a little meet and greet time. So go find somebody, give them a nice high five, handshake, fist bump, a Merry Christmas hug. Spread some love today. Let's go, everyone. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior is born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power while we have gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God, our Heavenly Father, the blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of their saints. How that in Bethlehem was born, the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. To the Lord sing praises, all you within this place. And with true love and brotherhood, each other now embrace. This holy tide of Christmas, all other death deface. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy.
God bless you, Mary, gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Now to the Lord sing praises, all you within this place. And with true love and brotherhood, each other now embrace. This holy tide of Christmas, all other doth deface. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. The Lord sing praises, all you within this place. And with true love and brotherhood, each other now embrace. This holy tide of Christmas, all other doth deface. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. All right, everybody, you may be seated this morning. Amen. Well, hey, what a great turnout on Christmas Eve. Amen. It's great to see everybody. Hallelujah. We are remembering that Jesus is the reason for the season. Okay, well, we're going to get into some announcements here. Uh, one thing, as you can see, the only children's classes we're doing today are preschool and nursery. And so they're all upstairs. Pastor Katie and uh, Desiree are, are uh, teaching the kiddos today up there. All the rest of the kids are going to sit in here with family today, and we'll make it kind of a family uh, service. It's not going to be very long today because, uh, again, you know, we want you to have some time with your family as well. So there's that. All right, let's get into some 
some announcements. Uh, one new thing, okay? Now we're gonna get, we're gonna give a little window of leeway on this, but, uh, we are gonna start, um, uh, enforcing that we don't want any food or drinks other than water in the sanctuary. Uh, and so we want food and drinks to stay in the coffee bar back there if we could. And, you know, some people are like, man, how can I worship Jesus and not drink a latte at the same time? I don't know, but like, you know, Peter and the boys figured it out a long time ago. So we'll be all right. We can do this. Uh, but we did, we got the carpets professionally cleaned this week. And so we want to take care of that after the holidays. So, uh, if you could, uh, just no food or drink in the sanctuary. And I asked the ushers to help us out with that. So, you know, if they ask you to, you know, take your Slurpee from 7-Eleven to the back, just Pastor Dave sent them. Okay. So don't get mad at them. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, a few announcements are, uh, all of our holiday events are coming closely to an end here, but we want to remind you that the uh, new HDWC t-shirts are still available in the bookstore back there. If you didn't get one, they're $15. And I know a lot of people have been asking for a long time, when are we getting more? So we do have some right now. I don't know how many are left, but if you're wanting one of those, you can grab one. And just, uh, um, I guess, a little bit of a sneak peek to 24. If you are new to the church, every time the Olympics roll around, we do a social media t-shirt contest for who can ever take the best picture on social media in their HDWC t-shirt. And we've had some wild things. We've had Adriana is actually the reigning champion. She jumped out of a airplane at 10,000 feet with a t-shirt on, uh, which was, that was pretty good. She also posed in the window out at the mall as a mannequin and no one caught on for a while. So that was good. Um, Someone else decided to get a tattoo of the church logo on their arm while wearing the T-shirt. And so they and, and sadly, that person didn't win. And now they're stuck with this for the rest of their life. So <laughs> anyway, we will not name names. That would be so rude. But uh, anyway, it's fun. So that will be coming in the summer of this year. And so just be getting some ideas together because it's a really fun thing that we do. All right. Um, moving forward here, the bookstore, uh, everything in there is 20 percent off right now. 20 percent off. Uh, so uh, if you're looking for any very last minute things, where's my last minute shoppers at? Come on, you're in here. Raise your hand. Okay. Identify yourself. There you go. All right. If you're that type of person, then, you know, this could be a great chance to get them a very good last minute gift. All right. And then tonight at six o'clock is our our candlelight service, our Christmas Eve candlelight service. This is probably my favorite evening of the whole year. It's wonderful. It's a very short service, maybe about 30 minutes long. It's not long at all, but we're going to get together and sing some Christmas songs uh, with your family. And of course, we'll, uh, we provide the candles. You don't need to bring one or anything, but uh, we'll give you a candle and we'll light those up and sing Silent Night together. Uh, read a little bit of the Christmas story out of the book of Luke, and then we'll... Uh, uh, let everybody go their way so they can, uh, you know, get home and get ready for the big day tomorrow, Christmas Day. Amen. So that's tonight at six o'clock. I, I encourage you to be here. It's a very special, special evening. All right. And then next uh, weekend, of course, will be New Year's Eve weekend. So uh, we'll we'll have service next Sunday morning, 10 a.m. And then we're going to have a 6 p.m. service next Sunday night. And we're going to close out the year doing communion together. And I, who thinks that closing out one year and opening up the new one with communion is probably a great idea. Yeah, amen. Yeah. 
I'm just telling you, it's a lot better than some of the other options that, that you know, maybe you used to do. So we're just trying to, <laughs> trying to do things right here, amen? And then the last announcement, uh, giving you a little bit of a heads up still, is... Uh, FPU, Financial Peace University. Uh, we're going to be starting that in January, um, the Sunday the 21st at 5.30. We'll be getting the info out to you soon. Uh, but this is a, a Christian class teaching you how to handle your finances God's way. It's very practical, very hands-on. It's a nine-week class, and uh, Pastor Josh and Julie lead that. And so we'll, we'll be advertising that more, but very, very good uh, for you to get a hold of that. And so that'll be starting on January. 21st. Amen. And this isn't on the screen either, but we will be doing membership class in January. And I know a lot of people want to go through membership class. So that's going to be coming up in January also, where you can officially become a member of HGWC. And you can be just as fun and weird as the rest of us, huh? Okay. My sales, my sales skills need a lot of work. That wasn't good. All right. Very good. Well, if you are with us today for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, we have a welcome gift for you. If you could just slip your hand up real quick, our welcome team, uh, Heather back here has a, a gift for you. Uh, she's got an info card from the church. If you would fill that out and when you give it back at the end of the service, we've got a Dutch Brothers gift card for you and an HDWC coffee mug and some other stuff. So anyway, uh, Heather's got you right there. Amen. Okay. Well, I'm going to have my mother, Mrs. Pastor, come on up this morning. Who knows what time it is now? Amen. It's happy time. And you're like, well, what in the world is that? Well, the Bible tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. And so we get happy when we got a chance to give into the offering. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. How many of you have been telling all the people that are telling you happy holidays? How many of you are saying Merry Christmas back? Merry Christmas. You got to keep the Christ in Christmas. It's a conspiracy. They're trying to take Jesus out of Christmas. Bah humbug. They're not going to do that, right? Amen. Because we're going to keep reminding them Merry Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. All right. Um, guess what? Today's verse is John 3.16. John 3.16, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And you may think, well, why is that an offering scripture? Well, it is because God the Father gave his Son Jesus Christ to us. Amen. So he's the first big giver, right? And so we ought to follow his example and we ought to be givers as well. So anyway, we're going to, uh, this is for our tithes and our offerings. You all have your envelopes. Um, we're going to stand up and say our financial faith confession. And then we're going to turn it over to Pastor Josh. You guys have any energy today? <laughs> Hop, stand up, guys. You can do it. I went to meet and greet over on this side, and now they're all sitting down except for Brother Ray back there. And I thought, good Lord, what's wrong with your section? I think they're tired from Christmas shopping. That's the thing. But guess what? We got the joy, joy, joy. So let's let's just grab onto that joy. Okay, you ready? 
As we bring the Lord's tithes and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to get your care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I go and tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds they were watching over silent flocks by night. Behold, throughout the heavens, there shone a holy light. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain, that Jesus Christ is born. The shepherds feared and trembled. When low above the earth rang out the angel chorus that hailed our Savior's birth. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Down in a lonely manger, our humble Christ was born. And God sent us salvation that blessed Christmas morn. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. I go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. When I am a seeker, I seek both day and night. I seek the Lord to help me. And he shows me the way. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. He made me a watchman upon the city wall. And if I am a Christian, I am the least of all. Go tell it on the mountain, 
over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. That Jesus Christ is born. That Jesus Christ is born. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory in creation, and now revealed in you who are God. What a beautiful, what a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us So Jesus, you brought heaven down My sin was great, your love was great What could separate us now? What a wonderful what a wonderful name it is what a wonderful name it is and the name of jesus christ my king what a wonderful name it is nothing compares to this what a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus. The best part of the, the whole story about Jesus isn't that he just came as a baby, but he grew up. And he became the perfect man that had no sin. And he took that and he died on the cross for us so that we wouldn't have to. But even more important than dying on the cross, he didn't stay dead. After three days, we know he rose again. And so that's what I want to sing about here. Let's sing it. A death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silence the boast of sin and grace. The 
Heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory for you are raised to life again. You have no
Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. And today we want to come and adore you. We want to come and praise you and worship you, Lord, and, and, and to know that this is all about you. This isn't about us, God. This is about you. And we're celebrating you and we're thanking you and we're glorifying you. And we want to point people to you. You said that if you would be lifted up, you would draw all men unto you. And so we thank you, Jesus, that we lift you up today and we want to draw people to the same hope, to the same faith that we have found in Jesus Christ, our Savior. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Can we give him some praise today? Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you can make your way to your seats this morning. Praise God. Give somebody a nice little high five on your way there. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to get into the Word of God here this morning. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What a beautiful day to be together in the house of God, celebrating Jesus' birthday. Amen. Well, we're going to be getting into our message today. Uh, if you've been following along over the uh, month of December, we've been in a Sunday morning series called Mighty God. And so today we are on part four of this message called Mighty God. Now, um, did everybody get a handout this morning? Did we get handouts for the sermon? If you didn't get one, I think the ushers should have some available. They'll, they'll pass one out to you there so you can kind of follow along and keep track of where we're at. But we're going to open up to our theme verse for the whole series, and that is Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. That's what we're basing all of this off of. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. So we're going to go ahead and take a look at that this morning. And, you know, just a minute ago we were singing, what a beautiful name it is. Then we sang, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. And in Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah the prophet, about 700 years before Jesus was actually born, Isaiah prophesied, or, you know, you would maybe say predicted, that a, a Savior was going to come to the world and save the people. Uh, but Isaiah nailed it on the head when he said that it was going to be a child. And so he says this in Isaiah chapter Chapter 9, verse 6, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of course, the rest of the next few verses say a lot of great stuff pertaining to Jesus also. But that tells us right there in a, a few things that the name of Jesus means. And you need to know this today, that the name of Jesus is the name above all names. Have you called on the name of the Lord today? That is the most important thing that you can ever do is call upon the name of Jesus. And that's what we're celebrating today. So that's what our, our theme has been. And now for the rest of this message, all of the verses are going to be out of the book of Luke. We will strictly be in the book of Luke this morning, but um, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 2. 
And the beginning of Luke chapter 2 is the story of Jesus being born. But I'm going to actually show you a story of when Jesus was 12 years old. And it's an interesting story. But if there was a subtitle to the message today, it would be this. Don't lose Jesus at Christmas time. Don't lose Jesus at Christmas time. And uh, it may sound like, well, no, you couldn't do that. Well, we're going to talk for a minute here this morning about this. And we're going to look at a few different ways that people tend to lose sight of Jesus during the holidays and at Christmas. And so we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. And we have stories of Jesus, you know, the, being a baby. And we've got, of course, tons of stories of him as an adult grown man. We've got this one story of Jesus as a 12-year-old. This is about all we've got uh, from his actual childhood here. But uh, it's a very interesting story because, believe it or not, as you'll see, Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, lost 12-year-old Jesus for three days one time. And you're like, how could you lose Jesus? Well, they lost Jesus uh, for three whole days. And it was a terrifying experience. Uh, but I want to show you this this morning, Luke chapter 2. And we're going to be looking uh, starting at verse 41, and we'll do verses 41 through 52. All right, here we go. It says, Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. So for them, this is a holiday season, just like we're in the midst of a holiday season right here. Verse 42, when Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first. How many of you, you've got a whole bunch of kids and perchance you've left one or two at the church and you went home and didn't, you didn't miss them at first? Okay, apparently I'm the only one that's done that. So that's bad. That's bad. That's, that's no good. Uh, I know some others have, but I'm not going to call you out. All right. So verse 44, they didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, or, you know, we would say the church in modern uh, America, sitting among the religious leaders, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. We've got a 12-year-old teaching the PhDs. It's incredible. His parents did not know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them, and he was obedient to them, and his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. And, and I mean, this is a story that is incredible because we would think, how can you lose sight of Jesus? I mean, especially during, you know, uh, a religious holiday celebration. And I think if we were to just look around society, even look around at Christians in 2023, listen, some people have lost sight of Jesus during a holiday season. Do you know what I'm saying today? 
And it's, it's, it's what happened here. And, you know, it says that, that Mary stored these things in her heart. I wonder how many uh, things from Jesus' childhood, how many times he said something or did something, and Mary just held on to that in her heart. And, 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 and later on when he was an adult or even when he was hanging on the cross right in front of her, did she remember these moments from Jesus being a little boy, being a, you know, a, a toddler, uh, uh, being a 12-year-old boy, being a teenager. She had to have a lot of memories of Jesus that she held on to in her heart for a very long time. But we're going to talk about three things today. And like I said earlier, my goal is to, you know, be kind of brief, but I want to, I want to uh, provoke your thinking a little bit this morning on some ways that Perchance we too lose sight of Jesus during the celebration. All right, so number one today, we're going to say this. Number one, you can't let things distract you from Him. Don't let things distract you from Him. Now, this may sound obvious, but it needs to be said. You do realize that the reason for Christmas is not the gifts that you give or the gifts that you get. Does anybody know that this morning? I mean, that's a cool part of it. And, and I think the Lord likes it that we give things to each other and we're, we're charitable and we're giving and things of that nature. But if you are so tripped up about what you did get or didn't get or what you couldn't give... I think that you're off key here, and I believe that you have lost sight of Jesus during the Christmas season, during his birthday that we're celebrating. I remember back in 1996, some of you were not born, some of you were you know, born already, but in 1996, a Christmas craze hit the nation. I was just, I was a kid, I was, I was a little kid, but I remember seeing this on the news, that a new toy came out in the world called Tickle Me Elmo. And does anybody remember the Tickle Me Elmo thing? This was insane. In fact, I was just watching videos on YouTube this week of news broadcasts back then. People were going nuts over Tickle Me Elmo. They sold out from all the stores on Black Friday. Parents were on the ground pummeling each other's faces in to get a Tickle Me Elmo for their beloved little children. And some people that had connections to toy distributors bought a whole bunch of Tickle Me Elmos and they were selling them for a thousand dollars a piece. This was 1996 when gas was like 88 cents a gallon, okay? A thousand dollars back then was like ten thousand dollars a day. It's insane. And people were doing this. And, 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 and I mean, does that sound very Christ-like? Do you see Jesus choke slamming somebody and taking their Tickle Me Elmo? If you do, we aren't serving the same Jesus, I'll tell you that. No, that, that's messed up. That's crazy that people would do that. And I'll say, if you are willing to compromise your morals to get your kid the gift that you were wanting to get them, you're going to lose in the end. If you got to step over somebody, steal, cheat, lie, go, you know, take something from somebody else to get a gift, you don't know what Christmas is about. The gift that Jesus would rather have is you not stealing and being a jerk. 
Oh, we said it out loud. Here we go. I was trying to be nice today. I can see where this is going. I was really going to try. But I'll tell you, if you're willing to compromise your Bible beliefs for a toy or a gift, you've done more damage than good, and you're teaching your children very unethical behaviors. I'm just going to throw that out there. But also, on this note, to the parents, it's okay if you're not able to buy every single thing your kids asked for, and if you weren't able to get the absolute top limited edition name brand thing, I'm, you know, uh, it's okay. I'm going to tell you that. And I'm looking back on my childhood, and I can say with 100% honesty that the best Christmases I remember, honest to goodness, were the ones when we probably had the least amount of stuff. Uh, when we when we just were together as a family, uh, you know, I grew up in Indiana, so we were, we'd be out playing in the snow, man. And I remember that a lot longer than whatever the hip toy of the season was. And I would encourage you that maybe you've got all the money you need. Well, perchance, maybe you should just out of the very nature of it, out of the very uh, moral of it, maybe you should spend a, and, and do a little bit less than you could do. And someone would say, no, that is not how we, no, we ain't doing that. Well, I'm just saying that maybe it wouldn't hurt our children, our Christian children, if we taught them that it was not 100% about the gift that they're going to get that day. And you know, the best, and, and you think I'm saying this, and when I was 15, I would have called me a, you know, a kooky old man up here, but now that I'm, you know, a little bit older, I can say that I much more cherish the memories that my family made together during those lean times than I do the couple years that we actually had money and I got the Sega Genesis that I wanted at Christmas or whatever the case was, because you know this much that no matter what you buy them right now, unless it's a very cool Bible or something, it's going to be out of date. It's going to be the, the, you know, the old edition by, by the 4th of July. It's going to be out of style, and, no, and it's not going to be any good anyway, right? And so what's even better than that is honestly teaching them <laughs> the ways of God making them good memory with them, doing something they're going to remember. I hold on to stuff, good memories from my childhood. And I don't, I don't think I've got a single gift. You know, my Red Ryder BB gun, I don't have it anymore. I don't have my Sega anymore. I don't know. Those things were fine. I do have a guitar from when I was a teenager and a leather jacket. Those were the, probably the poorest Christmases I remember. And I got this, I got a guitar. I asked my parents for an acoustic guitar. They didn't have much money. So I asked for a very, my friends, uh, one of my best friends got a Gibson, um, uh, Les Paul, you know, very nice thousand dollar guitar because his parents had money. I asked for a $90 acoustic guitar. And when my parents were able to actually make that happen, I mean, I, I knew, I understood that they didn't have money laying around and they were just they meant a lot to me that they got that. I've still got that guitar right now beside my bed, you know, 25 years later, and because it meant something to me. And so I'm just challenging you guys that don't lose sight of Jesus and think that this is all about stuff or things, because it's not. And when you make it about that, you have some pretty miserable Christmases sometimes. Let's look at Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. Luke 12 and verse 15. Amen. 
Last week was the funny, make you laugh sermon. This week is the, you know, let's just be, let's just have a, you know, let's be real this today, amen. So Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. And this is something, again, we're only in the book of Luke today. I'm not going to any other uh, uh, books of the Bible this morning that I know of at the moment, unless the Lord tells me to do so. But Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. Then he said, this is Jesus, beware, guard against every kind of greed. So that way, every kind, I thought there was only one kind of greed. Well, apparently there's more than one kind of greed uh, because some people think that only rich people can be greedy, but I've met people that aren't rich that are very greedy as well and materialistic and shallow and think it's only about stuff. Jesus said, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Think about that. There's a verse to slap on your refrigerator right there. Life is not about how much you own. And I've done approximately 200 funerals over the past 15 years. And I can say that I've not been to a funeral yet that I've done where anybody stood up there at the casket and was like, man, she owns some really nice stuff. That's all we can say about her. If at your funeral, the best thing they can say about you is that you owned a bunch of stuff, you failed somewhere. Man, that, I hate to see her go, but she had the, always had the newest Xbox every year. It was incredible. He had the biggest truck of anybody, and we're going to hate, we're going to hate, you know, we're going to miss seeing him in that truck. It was awful. They should be able to say, here's a guy that feared God and served him above all else. Here's somebody that loved their children and their family and their church and would not compromise for anything in this world. If that's what they say about you, you hit a grand slam, and you're going to stand before Jesus, and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. You know, my dad always has always said this, that God isn't against you having things. He's against things having you. It's not a sin to have nice things, but it sure is a sin when that's, when that's your whole goal and aim in life and you'll do anything for it. That is a sin and that does become greed. And so how do you know if things have you? Well, here's this question. Would you be willing to give that thing up if Jesus came and asked you to? Or is it off limits to Jesus? You know, everybody in, in the church would instantly say, oh yeah, man, I'd give it up for Jesus right away. But think of this, the more stuff you have, the harder it is to say that I would give it all away. You know, when, I was, when Pastor Katie and I were 19 and got married, I mean, we owned a couch and a couple boxes of ramen and uh, that's about it. And so if someone said, would you give it all away for Jesus? I'd be like, yeah, you can have my ramen and my couch. Like, it's fine. We'll, we'll find a new one. These were free anyway. But, you know, now I own a house and, you know, stuff. I mean, it would be more of a sacrifice. The more that you have, the more of a sacrifice it is. And so in Luke chapter 18, flip over there. In Luke chapter 18, a very wealthy young man, a rich young man, came to Jesus and asked a question to him. And he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
And uh, Jesus says, well, you need to obey all the commandments for one. And the young man arrogantly says, oh, man, I've been doing that my whole life. That's no big deal. And so it kind of came away in a little bit of an arrogant manner. And so here's what Jesus says to this rich young man next. Luke 18, and uh, starting at verse 22, here's Jesus' reply when the kid's like, man, I got you. I've already done all that. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, okay, there's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. When Jesus saw this, he said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, are we here today to batch rich people? No, we love rich people. We love poor people. We love all people. We get that. But we are cautioning everybody within the sound of my voice today to not let things get a hold of you. If Jesus came and said, hey, could you give that up for me? And you say, I'll give you that one but not this one because I finally got a bigger one than my neighbor got. I finally got a fancier brand than what she has. You're on the wrong track, amen? And so don't lose focus of Jesus thinking that it's all about stuff. Let's teach our kids that Christmas isn't about gifts, but it's about Jesus being the ultimate gift in our lives. Could someone say amen today? Number two. Don't let others distract you from him. Don't let others, don't let other people distract you. So number one is don't let things. Number two, don't let others distract you from him. Now, Christmas has some enemies. One of the enemies is atheistic, God-hating people. We'll discuss that. And another is religious people that want to sound pious and intelligent. And I'll probably take a few people off with that here in a minute. But, you know, earlier, it's very interesting uh, this year. I saw in the news a few weeks ago that in Iowa, uh, you know, uh, there's always, I guess, a a church group there that puts up a nativity uh, at the state building every year. And, you know, they're not bugging anybody. It's Christmas. They, They put up a nativity. Well, this year, the Church of Satan decided that, hey, you know what? We're going to go toe-to-toe with Jesus. And so they went inside of the Capitol building and erected a monument of Satan, this giant statue of Satan with a goat head and all these pentagrams and evil things around it. And they're like, ha, we got you. We want up to you this Christmas. And so people are like, you know, whatever. We're, we're serving Jesus. You know, you're not messing with Well, what was funny is this past week, I think about seven days ago, uh, 35-year-old Navy officer named Michael Cassidy drove all the way from the state of Mississippi to Iowa and tore down the statue of Satan and cut the head off and just threw the whole thing everywhere. And so am I the only one that thinks that's funny? It was a little funny. I thought it was funny. So, So anyway, all the local people in Iowa, all 16 of them, they got together and they, they're like, yeah, they were clapping and they were so happy. I drove through there once. I only saw about four people the whole way through. So anyway, they're all clapping and cheering and everything. And, uh, oh wait, Glenn, are you from Iowa? My bad brother. I forgot. I forgot about that. We have an Iowa person in the, okay, love you, Mittenor. So anyway, no, it was great. But everyone's like, oh, there's, and then uh, the Satanist had, you know, the Navy officer arrested and he's facing forth 
fourth degree misdem- criminal mischief charges or, you know, a very minor thing. So anyway, it was funny to me, but you're like, what, what do you think this is going to do? You know, uh, it's building a statue of Satan next to the nativity. You think that's going to, oh no, ruin our Christmas. That didn't ruin our Christmas at all, man. We're, we're celebrating Jesus and you cannot take Jesus away from us, can you? Amen. We got Jesus in our heart and he said he would never leave us or forsake us. And so we've always got, the, you know, those type of people wanting to fight Christmas. But every year at this time, we also have a bunch of old religious fuddy-duddies, uh, party poopers, as I call them, that want to tell you it's unbiblical to celebrate Christmas and that Christmas is a pagan holiday. Anybody heard this one from people? Oh, it's a pagan holiday anyway and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, huh? What? That's all I hear. That's all I hear when you tell me this. And, uh, and so they'll tell you, it's a pagan holiday anyway. No, it's not. It's not a pagan holiday. Uh, and they'll tell you that Christmas trees are wrong and evil. Christmas trees are not wrong and evil. <laughs> and so did pagans celebrate a holiday in December? Truthfully, yes, they did. They did celebrate a holiday in the month of December. Uh, so that means that we can't celebrate Christmas in the month of December as well. And I, for one, think it's great when Christians can take something that the devil meant for harm and turn it around for good. When we can take something that pagans, if they did, that think is such a great big thing and turn it around into the biggest celebration of Jesus of the entire year, I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem with that at all. And uh, in fact, in, in Acts chapter 17, I'm not turning there, but... Uh, the Apostle Paul was in uh, the midst of a whole bunch of pagans, and, uh, and they had a, 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 an, an idol that had this written underneath it. The idol was dedicated to the unknown God. This was, you know, this God they worshiped, but it was the unknown God. Well, Paul, with this statue, said, hey, I could use this. Let me tell you guys about the unknown God that you've been searching for. And he used their pagan ways and pointed them toward Jesus Christ and preached the gospel to them. And so if somebody thinks that Christmas is this big pagan thing that it's a shame that Christians celebrate, well, I like what one theologian said. He said, if what we know as Christmas originally did start out as a pagan celebration, it has been so successfully co-opted by Christians that any self-respecting pagan would be ashamed of what Christians have done to their holiday. Christmas celebrations are so completely the opposite of paganism that any suggested link between the two can be totally disregarded. Are Christmas trees evil? No, not unless you're worshiping the thing. I mean, uh, hey, if you're going to bow down and burn incense to your Christmas tree, then yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's messed up. That's wild. That, that's not right. But at my house, we don't bow down to it. We don't pray to it. We don't light candles and, you know, act like we're on an airport runway or anything. Like, no, uh, it's just pretty. We think it's pretty. Uh, uh, I don't know what else to say about it. I like to sit by the Christmas tree, wear a sweater, drink hot chocolate, and watch stupid movies. Like that's, I, I enjoy that. Amen, somebody? And so I'm not worshiping the thing. I just think it's pretty. And so, yeah, our modern Christmas trees uh, came from more of a German uh, Protestant celebrations in the 16th century. But I got, I, there, there's just stop. I had a lady this Christmas get mad and leave the church because we have Christmas trees and now we're a pagan church. And I'm like, 
Okay, well, uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like that happens. But I'm sitting there thinking like, man, we really stink at our paganism. We're awful at it because this year we've had 52 people receive Jesus Christ as their savior. We, you know, we've baptized 56 people this year. Like if I'm a pagan, I, I need to go back to pagan school uh, like this, you know, and, and get good at wit- witnessing to zero people like this individual is. Like, uh, you know, what do you say about that? It's just stupid. It's preposterous. It's bogus. None of it's true. And then what about the whole uh, Jesus wasn't even born on December 25th bit? Okay, you're right. He wasn't. But guess what? <laughs> Who cares? We're celebrating Jesus. Listen, my birthday's in July, but if you want to dedicate the entire month of March to me and, and love people and give presents and, and do kind things in my name, you have my permission to take an entire month if you just want to celebrate me, even if it's not my birth month. Who cares? It doesn't matter. We're celebrating Jesus for an entire month if you're doing it right. And if you're doing it wrong, you're, you know, trying to get gifts and stuff and whatever. But that's all a nice side part of it. It's not the main thing. And so I don't believe Jesus has any problem at all with you being extra nice for a whole month, going to church, you know, uh, singing songs about him, giving gifts, reading Bible stories about him. I don't think that that's bugging Jesus one single bit. And so where did December 25th come from in the grand scheme of things? Well, the early Christians, uh, they thought that Jesus died on the same day that he was uh, conceived uh, to the Virgin Mary. Well, it was probably March 25th that Jesus actually died on. And so they just added nine months to that and said, well, that must have been his birthday because that's nine months later. And so December 25th is what the Christian church has used as the birth of Jesus for a long time. But yes, it probably was not in December. It doesn't matter if Jesus is the focus of it all. Those are just silly details that people want to fight over. Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, verses 41 through 42. We're talking about don't let things distract you. Don't let other people come in and say, oh, you know, you can't celebrate this. It'll offend people. Or people come in and say, it's a pagan holiday anyway. Man, knock that off. I'm not listening. Luke chapter 10, verse 41. And so here we have the story of Mary and Martha. I think we referred to this a couple of weeks ago, but we're just gonna get here to verse 41, all right? And here's what Jesus says when Martha's going crazy over all the little details. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. So let's not get distracted with all these little things that people want to argue about. In this story, while Karen, I mean Martha, uh, is over there stressing about the actual day of Jesus' birth. Or I wonder if, you know what, I'm going to dissect, run, run, Rudolph, uh, and see what, what? Huh? No, quit it, all right? Yes, Run Run Rudolph is a great song. It is not theologically accurate. Who cares? (laughs) But while you're stressing about that, I'm going to be sitting at the feet of Jesus, celebrating my Savior that saved me from hell. Amen. Jesus is good. And then point number three today is this. In the midst of it all, don't let yourself lose him. Don't let yourself 
lose him. And sadly, sometimes at Christmas, instead of being drawn closer to Jesus, we kind of let ourselves get a little bit further away from Jesus. And if we're going back to the story of uh, 12-year-old Jesus being lost by his parents, they were in the midst of a big holiday celebration, real their biggest one, Passover. There were festivities going on, and in the midst of it all, in the midst of the big holiday, in the midst of the celebrations, they lost Jesus. Now, they didn't cease to be his mom and dad. They still had relationship to him. They were still his parents. They had relationship to him, but they did lose sight of him. And I think that kind of shows us that it's possible to still have relationship to Jesus, you're born again, you're not, you know, going to hell, but you don't have any closeness with him. And that's not how it should be at Christmas time. And, you know, you notice that they thought he was lost, that he was in the wrong. Son, why'd you do this to us? But Jesus said, you should have known where to find me. You should have known that I would be in my father's house in the temple, or a 2023 12-year-old Jesus would have said, Mom and Dad, why didn't you look at the church? (laughs) That's where I would be at. And so I'm going to tell you today, church is still a really great place to find Jesus if you've lost him. Amen? You can find Jesus anywhere. You can come to the Lord. But Mary and Joseph found Jesus right where they left him. Jesus didn't wander off from them. They wandered off from him. And sometimes we're like, Jesus, why'd you leave me? Where'd you go? And he's like, I didn't go anywhere. I'm right where I've always been. You're the one that wandered off and you should know right where you can find me. That's something for us to think about. And no matter who you are today, if you're a brand new Christian, that's only been serving the Lord for a few weeks, or maybe you're a a Christian leader that's been serving the Lord for years, everybody should ask themselves the question, have I lost sight of Jesus during this season? Someone said, no, I haven't. I mean, I've been volunteering. I've been doing this at church. I've been a Christian for 50 years. I'm the least likely person. Let me tell you, the least likely person to lose Jesus was his own mom. His own mom lost him. And I love you. I'm not Catholic, but I do respect the Virgin Mary very much. (laughs) And I don't think that we're a whole lot better off than she is. Amen? And so if Jesus' own mom, the least likely person to lose her own child, could have lost Jesus during the big celebration, there's a chance that during the busyness of it all, we could lose sight of Jesus too if we're not careful. Luke chapter 2, we're going to go back to where we began, and we're going to close things out here. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 43 through 44. Luke chapter 2, verses 43 through 44. And I know tomorrow, you know, it's we're coming down. Tomorrow's the, the big day. Tomorrow's the, the celebration, the Christmas day and everything. It's wonderful. You've only got a few hours left to shop. We get all that. We get it. But I wanted to encourage you today. Amen that it is about Jesus. And, you know, tonight we got the candlelight service. I don't think it would hurt you at all to be there, certainly, if you're available. We know you may have family plans. We don't judge that. Uh, But I would say tonight, before you go to bed, 
You know, I think it wouldn't hurt you at all to sit down if you're by yourself or with your kids. Read Luke chapter 2, you know, just, just read the first half of Luke chapter 2. It'll take you five minutes or less, but read the story of that beautiful night that Jesus was born. Your kids need to hear it. They should know this. You should know this. Luke chapter 2, this is where we began at today, but we're going to start here at verse 43. Remember, it says, after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't even miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. Notice that they didn't even miss him at first. And that's how it is. You get caught up in it all. You get caught up in the busyness and the hoopla. And you don't even realize yet for a little while that you've kind of left Jesus behind in all of this stuff. And you're doing a lot of, you're doing fine things. You're having fun. You're doing things. But at first, it takes a minute before you realize like, man, wait, something's missing here. It's Jesus. <laughs> it's Jesus. He should be at the center of it all. And so I'm just going to encourage us today as we wind things down to make Christmas about Jesus, not about the gifts, not about what you want or what you don't want, what you did get or didn't get. You've got to remember the best gift. You've already gotten it. You're not going to get something better. Those Air Jordans, whatever. The PS, what, I don't know, five, six, seven, whatever. The, you know, whatever it is you wanted, believe me, it can't heal your family. It can't heal your body. It can't save your soul. It can't bring you peace or joy. Only one gift can do that. And it's the gift of Jesus. 2,000 years ago, in a little tiny town in the Middle East, a little town called Bethlehem, a little baby was born to teenage parents, teenagers. And this little baby was the most important person ever born to this earth. He wasn't born in a castle or a palace or even at the hospital of the day. He was born out in the barn with the cows and the horses and the goats. He, they didn't have a crib. They, what did they do? They laid him right there where the cows ate their hay out of. But that baby grew up and changed my life. He saved me. I had leukemia. I had cancer. He healed me. I was crippled. I couldn't take two steps without collapsing. Jesus came into a children's hospital one day in 1989 and picked me up and put my feet on the ground and I started running. And I've never, ever had cancer since then. That's what that baby did for me. Amen. And that baby is my source of hope. I've, outside of that, I've got nothing. I've got a great family, a great church, but I'd have none of it if it weren't for that baby being born and growing up, amen, and saving my life. And it's the exact same way with you. The stuff is nice, whatever. You can have all this world, but give me Jesus, amen. Let's give Jesus some praise today. Amen. Let's stand up together this morning. Praise the Lord. We're going to stand up together. Hallelujah. I pray that everybody's received from the word of God today. I'm going to have my prayer team come on up this morning. Amen. Have our prayer team come on up.
if you're here today and all this stuff has sounded, you know, it's, it's kind of made sense. It, it, it's kind of struck a chord with you in your heart. Well, the number one thing you could do is to receive Jesus. He's a gift. You don't, you don't have to pay for him. You don't have to buy him. He bought you. He, you it's a free gift. All you got to do is receive it. And if somebody were to hand me a box and, and I'd be like, man, no one ever gets me nothing. I, I can't believe that. And well, I just gave you this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what do I got to do? I got to receive it. Amen. A gift has to be given, but for it to really have full effect, it has to be received as well. And so the gift has been given, but you have to receive it. And so what I want to do today is pray with us and give you a chance to actually receive Jesus. And maybe you have at one point, but you kind of walked away from him. Uh, we know that he didn't leave you, that's for sure. But at times we have left him. And so you're at the right place today to find him. We can make that connection today. And I also just want to encourage you, man, that maybe you do have him in your life, but you don't really live for him. We could do better than that. I'm not putting a guilt trip on anybody, but come on. Let's get real here. Let's live for Jesus. He's not your get out of hell free card. He's not your fire insurance. Like, hey, I said a prayer one day. I'm good. <laughs> now I can go do all this. Don't, don't do that. That, that. that is extremely painful to somebody when they give their entire life for you and you don't value it. I mean, that stinks, man. That hurts. Let's not do that to Jesus. If you need to repent, Christmas Eve would be a great day to repent. But I wanna, I wanna lead us in a prayer today. Can we bow our heads? Can we close our eyes? I'd love to say this prayer together. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. Give me the strength to live for you. My life is yours, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give him some praise today. Hey, if you're here and you prayed that today and you meant it, this wasn't just blowing smoke or saying words. Listen, this is a big day in your life, huge day, massive day that you came back into a relationship with Jesus. The very best thing that we could do for you next, the next steps to take would be to become a disciple of Jesus. And so we have a program here that's very easy, non-invasive, but we would connect you with somebody else from church here that for the next 30 days, they'll text you some Bible verses and a devotion and pray with you, teach you how to pray. If you know you're learning this stuff, but what we would do is give you a mentor for the next 30 days to help you get on the right path. And that's a huge gift. If you are interested in that, we call it spiritual personal trainer. I'm going to ask you to come over here. This is Jose standing right by this piano over here. I'm going to ask you to come over here to Jose. Give him your name and number. We'll connect you with somebody else here at church that will uh, start texting you this week and helping you get on the right path, helping you get started. It's a massive, massive help. And we want to give you that gift, okay? Uh, hey, if you're here and you need prayer for anything else, our prayer team's up here. Could you please uh, just come on up today and uh, we'll, we'll pray for you. With whatever your need is, whatever you're uh, going through, we want to help you with that. You want to see Jose? This is Jose right over here, guys. Yeah, there's Jose. Go over there and see him if you're one of the spiritual personal trainer. Amen. Anybody else? We'll pray for you right down here. Let's go, guys.
ever got you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no rival. You have no equal, now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. Powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. 
the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we're going to wind things down this morning. Uh, I want to remind you that we've got the candlelight service at 6 o'clock tonight. Again, it'll be a brief service, but we'd just love to have you here with us and uh, celebrate Jesus a little bit more and sing some songs and then send you on your way. And uh, just to thank you, everybody, for being here today. It's been a beautiful service together. We want you to have a very incredible uh, Christmas uh, this evening and tomorrow with your family. A final announcement. Um, I've been blessed this year to receive tamales from two families. If anybody else wants to drop off tamales, just uh, message me on Facebook. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Connie, Connie just made me a whole bag of tamales. It's incredible. So uh, anybody else, I, I apparently cannot make them. That's okay. No worries. But if you want to drop them off, we'll receive them. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's go ahead and pray. Then we'll do our Barstow Faith Confession and dismiss you today. And uh, we'll see you tonight at 6. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, so much for being born. <laughs> Jesus, you voluntarily came down to earth from heaven to become one of us so you could save us, Lord. And we know that uh, well, we got the better end of that deal, <laughs> Jesus. We get heaven while you came down here and you took on hell for us. Thank you, Jesus. May we never lose sight of who you are and what you've done in our lives. May we make Christmas truly number one about you, Lord. And I pray that you would bless every family here, every household here in the name of Jesus, that there would be peace and joy and love, Lord, the love of God in these homes and for these children. May this be just the best Christmas we've ever had yet because we're making you number one. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Can somebody say, Say amen today. Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and do our Barstow faith confession, and then we will dismiss you. All right. Let's say it. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded. By the walls of God's salvation, Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody. We'll see you at 6 o'clock. Merry Christmas. We love you.